Madonna, Hannah. Wow. The, the energy from this, from this woman is, is exciting. Uh, I, I really loved talking to Madonna. You're going to really, really enjoy this. Um, anti-bullying. She was bullied as a child. She's an African-American woman from the Northeast. She was subject to a certain, uh, bullying and racism, of course, and how she, she actually says it made her better. It thickened her skin. Of course, it was terrible to go through and she doesn't recommend it. In fact, she, in her class, she became a teacher in the fashion industry and she has anti-bullying campaigns now, but, uh, incredible, incredible energy. We talk a lot about that. We talk about the bullying and what happened and how to help others who are getting bullied uh, and even how to help those who are bullied. Hurt people hurt people. But at age 57, she decides to do something that's absolutely incredible. She decides to become a sprinter. She enters into the Olympics, the over 50, the, the, the state of Washington. She moves to Washington. Her, she becomes a widow and her, her deceased husband has certain wishes for her and how she handles it. Uh, it's truly inspiring. And wait till you hear the Costco story. That's all I'm going to say about that. Madonna Hanna, absolute thrill talking to her. I loved it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, how did I lose 130 pounds? The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health, was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life faith. How did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them? Hopefully it all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked, how did you found and start a tech business that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves and society. Join me, please, as I talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them. Our podcast vision, growth through learning from others. Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. It'll be light and serious. Join us, please. Thank you for consideration. Madonna, Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. How did bullying there in, in Boston, how did it help you? Thank you so much for, for asking that because that's kind of a odd question yeah. to ask someone. And when, as I got to a certain point in my life, I was able to look back and realize that, oh, thank you. Goodness, I was bullied. Right. Because I was bullied, I grew a thick skin. So when certain ooh, situations came up, especially since I was working as uh, worked in retail management in downtown Boston, <laughs> Jordan Marsh, 
which is one of the largest department stores in New England at the time, because like everything else is like Macy's now. Uh, but um, uh, being an African-American oh, uh, executive <laughs> in a downtown store where there were some racial Yes. Anyway, in Boston, and you know, in the seventies, and maybe 70s. a little bit more now too, uh, it, it it was it was very interesting. I can remember having a customer mm. who came to my department. She had a situation. Went to my salesperson w- with it, and the salesperson said, "Well, let me get the manager." <laughs> Here I came, and the. Uh, customer, uh, a white lady, she looked me up and down and she said, I want a real manager. My sales lady, a seasoned sales lady, she didn't understand the real part. She said, this is the manager. But I understood what the customer (laughs) meant. I understood only too well. And I said, Okay. Oh, I'll get you a real manager. What I could have done, Joe, was to call for a manager across the floor who knew my merchandise. Because I was in charge of the tween department, the early teen department, and women's lingerie. And across the floor was the big junior department. I could have called that manager over, but I didn't. What I did instead, I called the assistant manager from the hardware, (laughs) from the hardware department. (laughs) I very sweetly said, you know, Miss So-and-so, there's a customer here who would like to speak with you. She said, oh, okay, Miss Beauclair. Oh, okay. Here she comes. And the customer's all happy and stuff, Joe, because she's got a white manager. And and the young lady says, you know, yes. And Miss um, So and So, this customer would like to speak with you. Yeah, I mean, all professional, everything. And the customer's happy. Oh, this, 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 and that, and that. And the assistant manager from the hardware department said, "Ma'am, I would really like to help you, but I don't know anything about this merchandise. Miss Beauclair can assist you." <laughs> Joe, don't you know that that customer? just got so upset, she walked away. Wow. She did not want me to handle her situation with the merchandise from my department. She walked away, and as she was walking away, I said, thank you very much for coming into Jordan Marsh today. Perhaps we will be better able to assist you the next time. I was just, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, she stiffened up as she walked out of the department. And I walked into my office and I was so angry. And mm. what I used to do, I used to cry for five seconds, mm. just for five seconds, because I had to get rid of that. <sighs> you know, I just had to get rid of that uh, anger and frustration mm. for five seconds. And then I would pull myself together, breathe, and go back out to the floor or or go do whatever I I happen to be doing. And if I had not been 
bullied, I would not have had the presence of mine to say, oh, I'm going to get you, manager, all right. Because you, you, you have to have, um, oh, you, you, you've got to have that something in you that seizes this moment to say, oh, I'm going to get you what you want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, yes, but on my terms. And to also be professional because I could not call that customer out and say that she was right. racist. She never called me a name. She never called me a name, but I knew what she meant by I want a real manager. Uh, there was one other situation that was worse than that. The buyer at the time for that department was not happy <laughs> that uh, I was her manager. She was a woman who even before I took charge of her department, was known for being a bully. She would not bully the older sales ladies who'd been there since the Depression. Uh, you know, they were like 14 and they lied about their age because their parents wanted them to have a job, you know. But, it would, but, but she would uh, be very mean to the younger salespeople. And then when I came in, oh my goodness, she'd always have something to say to me. I took it in stride. And one day she came to visit her department. There were two white female customers that had uh, taken a blouse off the rack, unbuttoned it, put it back on the hanger, and, and the blouse slid off the hanger onto the floor. Well, the buyer starts yelling at me. Why is my $23 blouse on the floor or whatever? And I'm like, what is wrong with this woman? She saw it fall, Joe. She saw it fall. Then she goes off on me. She called me the N-word. The what? N-word. Yes, she did. She, yes, she did. She did. In front of others? Yes. We were on the fourth floor. She just went, I don't know why they hired the blah, 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 blah. And I took a deep breath and wow. I walked off the floor toward the office of my boss, who was the manager for the entire children's division. Okay. Corporately just, and and I walked over to her, and, I, and as I was walking over, the buyer was saying, She's leaving my department. She's walking away from my department. That black, black. And as I was walking across the floor to my boss, the buyer went down the escalator, and every floor was going like, What is she ranting about? She went down four floors out across the street to where the buyer's office were, but where her buying office was, which was on the eighth floor. So everybody from the fourth floor in the department store across the street and up eight floors, talking about me. And I said to my boss, either you transfer me to another department or I quit. And she was on the phone at the time. I didn't care. I, I, I didn't yell. I was very, very composed, Joe. And mm. I said, this is, this is how it is. And, and she said, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Uh, what happened? <laughs> and I will commend the management 
the top management at Jordan Marsh, things were settled quite quickly. Really? For, well, yes. Well, first of all, she'd made us, the buyer had made a spectacle of herself. There were plenty of witnesses to what she right. said because she ranted down four floors and then up eight floors because I was starting to get phone calls. What the heck did you do? What, what the heck? Wait, what's going on? You know, because this is hot stuff. Yeah, this is hot stuff. And uh, I didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, I just, I didn't talk to anybody. Anyway, uh, in about an hour, my boss called me over and she said that, uh, Madonna, you are going to stay in that department. The buyer will need to call you to ask your permission to come over to the department. Hmm. And I smiled, Joe. And my boss said, Madonna, take that smile off your face. That woman is going to be gunning for you. So you make sure that you do absolutely everything that you're supposed to do, that every I is dotted and every T is crossed because she's going to be gunning for you. Um, she's being reprimanded because our top executives, because she did not demonstrate the demeanor that the top executive should have at a major department store like that. And uh, they did not approve of her behavior. And also, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I, I, I hadn't done anything drastically wrong because I would have been written up for it and, and, and whatever. You, you know what I mean? But um, the moral of the story is, eventually, she and I were able to get along. One day she came over and she said, Madonna, the department has been looking good. I appreciate everything that you've done. And I said, this woman is talking like a regular human. Mm. <laughs> and she said, uh, did the management tell you that? And I said, no. She goes, oh, fine. If I'd called you a name or whatever, you know, and we both laughed about that. We both laughed about that. But we were able, we were able to get along af after that. She was... Mm. She was human and, and maybe she had never been really confronted as a bully, you know, because they all knew she was a bully, but she hmm. was pulling in the fourth largest volume in the entire corporation. She's bringing the money in Wow! like, you know, well, you know, we know she's, but, uh, no, I, you know, how I confronted her was to just be able to walk away. Because I'm not getting into an argument with her on the floor. She outranks me. And if I had not been used to being bullied because of the color of my skin, I don't believe I would have had that composure and state of mind to say, take a deep breath, walk away, Walk to your boss, let her know what is going on, and let her take care of it because I'm not putting up with this another day. Mm -mm. Mm. This is uncalled for, but I'm not discussing it with the buyer because she, you know, she's all out of her mind and crazy and stuff. But no, let the management take care of it, and they did. Wow. O often, you know, when 
I know when I think of bullying, I kind of think of youth, and I never think of kind of a, a, a racial element or angle to it. But I guess it, it should be broadened to encompass that as well. Well, of, in, in, in my case, <laughs> yeah, sure. I was, I, I attended school in an all white conservative town. Right. Uh, south of uh, Boston, and when you're the only one that looks like you in the classroom, <laughs> and you thank goodness not all 30 to 40 kids, because at that time there were like 30 to 40 kids in a classroom, uh, thank goodness not all of them were cruel and mean to me, just mm. four, and I remember their first and last names, wow. God love them. I have forgiven. <laughs> I have forgiven them and I thank them. Now I can thank them for, for the experience. But uh, when you have to constantly go through the name calling and just, you know, just kids being mean. And there were some kids who wanted to be my friend, but when you're called an in lover, you know, when you're in the fourth or fifth grade, then it's it's hard, you know. It it was it, it was hard for those uh, children, and you know, they can be forgiven for for that, you know, for like, yeah, I want to be your friend, but I don't like being called names. And, mm. you know, that that that's how it is, and even in uh, junior high school, there was a situation in gym class where uh, after class was over, we're back in the locker room, my locker was open, my wallet was gone, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm searching for it. Hmm. Two of my white classmates came over to me and threw my wallet at me, called me the N-word, and shoved me into my locker. I weighed all of 99 pounds, and when they shoved me into the locker, the locker scratched me up and I was bleeding. I went to the gym teacher, shaking, crying. I told her what happened. And Joe, she looked at me and she said, now Madonna, those are nice girls and they wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> I'm shaking, I'm crying, I'm bleeding. Yeah. 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 And I went back to my locker. The girls were like, they weren't calling me the N-word anymore. They were calling me a tattletale. Right. And while it made you stronger, it certainly hurt. The experiences hurt. And you don't recommend it today. In fact, you make a point of saying, don't let your classroom be hijacked by bullies. Exactly. 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 I had no idea that I was going to become a fashion marketing educator. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> my husband and I moved from Massachusetts to the state of Washington. Less snow. Less snow. Yes. You know how that yes. goes. And... I wanted to get a job in retailing, and I noticed that, ooh, retailing is different on the West Coast than it is in Boston and New York. 
and uh, but 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 anyway, there there was an opportunity for uh, some vocational programs that that needed a fashion marketing teacher, and in the state of Washington, all I needed was a minimum of five years experience in the field because in vocational education. You have to know how to fix the experience, know how to fix the car, do plumbing and all, all, all that sort of thing. And then you um, take various uh, teaching classes as, as part of your cer certification. So anyway, uh, I thought, why don't I teach and then I will be able to give the industry that I love, you know, people um, who will be ready day, day one. And one of my expectations as an educator, because I had been bullied, I let my students know nobody's going to be bullied in my mm. classroom. I would say, I was bullied. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. It's not happening in here. It's not. <laughs> and of course, you get tested. Of course, you get tested, and when the students <laughs> found out that it wasn't going to fly, it was okay. Hmm. It's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna fly. <laughs> and once they realized that, Joe, it makes all the difference in the world in a classroom when you do not let that bully hijack the classroom. Students feel more comfortable. You can get uh, more classwork done because students don't feel intimidated by anyone. Um, it, it's, it, it's a whole different atmosphere. It is. And I just think that, well, first of all, it's unfortunate that bullying is still in style. It is. Mm. Um, but... I think that if the person in charge puts their foot down and says, it's not going to happen, uh, we're going to be civil in here, and I wrote that on the board, civility counts, I let the students know that, first of all, I don't care who you don't like. I don't care. Because as you go out into the work world and you go out into life, experience life, not everybody's going to like you. They're not, and you're not going to like everybody. But the thing is, you must learn to listen and respect people. Look for something to like. <laughs> Look for something to like. Look for ways to get along. Mm. And, and I, and I uh, did a lot of activities, uh, hu human relation act activities, and we had a lot of discussions and I also did activities so that the students could find out what they had in common. And um, if there were any situations at all, I took care of it mm. immediately so that the students knew that if, that if uh, something happened, that I would take care of it immediately. And part of that is, uh, com comes from my training as an executive, because when you're on the floor dealing with the public, there's lots of stuff that happens that you need to take 
care of immediately mm. because that is your job as an executive. Whether it's a situation with uh, your salespeople, a customer, or the merchandise, or uh, dealing with other people on staff, you you need to take take um, care of things immediately so that you can move on to the goal of of you know what, what whatever the goal is. Of course, in business, it's making money, <laughs> but in, in in the classroom, the goal is that everybody has an opportunity to learn. And and I would tell my students like. You're not cheating anybody out of an opportunity to learn. Uh, this is an elective class. Don't need you in here. Hmm. Madonna, what should we do if we know somebody or a friend who's getting bullied? And what if they are bullying somebody? What do we do in those cases? Joe, it... it really depends on the dynamics of what is going on, whether it is at school and at work and, mm. and the individual who, who's in charge. In hmm. my case, with me being bullied, <clears throat> knowing what it looks like and how insidious it, it is and being aware of kids who bully and like, oh, oh, I was just kidding around. I was just right. kidding around and being able to look, look them dead in the eye, like a teenage kid or a, you know, elementary, middle school kid, look them dead in the eye and say, you weren't kidding. You mm. meant to say what you did. You didn't mean for me to hear it, but you meant it. You know, you look them dead in the eye and, and say that and don't let them get away with, <laughs> I was just joking around. I was just kidding. No, you weren't. Mm. You know, that changes the dynamics, especially to that bully that's used to, oh, I was just joking around. The, the response might be, well, don't joke like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so like I said, it depends on the personality of the person who is in charge, okay? And to also be able to have discussions about bullying. Like, why do people bully? Why? Why do you bully someone? Uh, I've, I've, I've had um, discussions like that with, with my students. Mm. Who's been bullied? Okay. Uh, who has bullied somebody in the past? See, who has bullied somebody in the past? Not who the bully is now. Um, mm. Why did you do that? And then you begin to get discussions about, well, I used to be a nice person and I was bullied and then I became a bully. Okay, mm. there, there, there you go. Oh, okay, all right. And then um, in, in most cases with kids, that's how it happens. Or they just got tired of being picked on. Mm. And then they just started picking on people because it just, it just made them feel better and they were more in control, even though they knew it was wrong and they got into trouble for it. Okay. Um, but I'm going to say for to um, parents and kids, I think 
parents should ask their kids about the dynamics of what's going on in their classroom. Like who, who are the popular kids and why are they popular? Hmm. Okay. Um, how are things handled? Like if somebody bullies somebody, how does the teacher handle it? How does the class handle it? And I think that parents should also during school orientation, I think that parents need to just ask if my child is bullied, how is this situation going to be handled in the classroom? Ask the classroom teacher that. I don't care what grade it is. Ask the English, if it's high school, you ask the English teacher, you ask the math teacher, you ask each teacher, how do you handle this situation in your classroom? And they should be able to give you an answer. If they don't, well then you, you need to um, have them address it in some way. Find out what the school policy is. It's online. It is in, in all districts. It's online. Uh, even though policies are online, they're not always followed. Mm. Because teachers have different personalities. Building administrators have different personalities. But parents need to, to one, find out what the district policy is and also how teachers handle bullying situations within the classroom and to also ask their children, if you are bullied, tell us about it and how did you handle it? If you see someone else who was bullied, what happened? How did you feel about that? How was it handled? You, you, you need, parents need to talk to their, um, they, they need to talk to their kids about it. Especially these days, Madonna, where we see some of these, you know, children have been bullied and the horrible, horrible things that can come from it. Do you agree that hurt people hurt people? Oh, definitely. 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 Oh, most definitely. Um, oh, yes. It's, it's especially uh, the students that I've asked, like, why are you bullying? Mm. Because they were hurt. Right. And when you're hurt and you think nobody cares, you strike out because that's any way you can make yourself feel better, feel in control by hurting people, being mean to people. And then if you can, <clears throat> I call them satellites. If you can get some other kids to help you take revenge on people and be mean to people, um, it just sort of sort of makes you feel better inside that you have because because bullies need to control and bullies also need those satellites around them those people that they're controlling to make them feel better mm. because possibly when they go home they are bullied by an older brother sister or relative um and they've lost that control but the only way, you know, they feel like they can get control is is to be mean, you know, because they do have that hurt. Uh, something I have mentioned to kids of all ages, stop going online. Stop mm. going on. Well, so-and-so said these mean things about me online. Then why are you online? Why are you logging in 
to listen to people say mean things about you. They don't even know you, and you're taking it to heart. And unfortunately, there's there, there's so many young people who are committing suicide. You know, and and it's like, don't go online. Don't do it. Don't. Cyberbullying is just as as damaging as physical bullying, correct? It, it or can be. It it is, but. Why go online and put yourself through that? You, you, this, is, this is what I say to kids. Why? Why are you going online to, to, to read these horrible things? Go do your homework. Go volunteer and help somebody. Play a sport after school. Why are you subject? Why are you subject yourself to do that? Like, hey, here I am, come bully me and bully me. And and I know people might say, well, you know, Madonna, don't say that. No, but it's common sense. Don't don't go online. Come on, John. I agree. I agree. And sports is a, is an incredible outlet in which at age 57, which you say is 10 years ago, which I can't believe, you decide to become an amateur sprinter. Yes. I watched the videos, videos of you sprinting yeah. and you become a widow, you know, condolences and you donate, you know, you dedicate some, you, this one particular race to your, you know, because your, your husband said wear red, white, and blue, I believe it was. And, and, and you did it. And it's, it's, it gives me chills, Madonna. Well, Joe, first of all, I like that segue. <laughs> I like that segue. You can't bully in sports. I just, no, I just had to say that, Joe. Smooth. That was smooth. I, I appreciate that. Gets us to me uh, <laughs> racing. Yes, at the age of 57, I had absolutely no uh, track and field experience at all. Our high school did not have a girl's track team and uh as a child yeah i like watching the olympics especially the summer olympics sprinting you know going out in the backyard playing 100 meter dash getting a medal for the united states and stuff uh but yeah life happens but joe i'll tell you i was uh planning the spring fashion show <laughs> and i just had this overwhelming feeling the universe god whoever you know said run 100 meters I'm like, wow. what? I mean, like, what? Where's this coming from? And Joe, it was such an overwhelming, heavy feeling that I couldn't shake. I wow. couldn't shake it. Wow. You know, I, I think that happens to people sometimes in life where, where's this coming from? And, and you just can't shake it. It's like build an, build an ark, you know? Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be raining soon, uh, but, it. but, uh, but uh, my husband had track and field experience. And I said to him, I want a hundred meters. You know, I didn't tell him about the voice thing and everything like that. I sure. just said, I want to run a hundred meters. And he said, well, sure. Um, I'll coach you, but you got to do what I say. It's like, oh, okay. We're married. Fine. Sure. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> He loaded me up with a backpack with five pounds of bricks and wow. um, ankle weights, yeah, three to five pound ankle weights. Yeah. I, I ran uphill, downhill, jog, walk. And in 2011, I was entered into the Washington State Senior Games in the 50 and the 100 meter events. And I said to myself, 
All I have to do is run in a straight line as fast as I can. Well, Joe, I won. I won a gold medal. (laughs) In the the 50 and the 100, and everybody was like, yay. You should try out again uh, next year, and you could go to nationals. I'm like, (laughs) nationals? Come on. You know, I felt like Forrest Gump, like, run, Madonna, run. You know, like, what? What? You want me to? What? I was, Joe, I was thinking that nationals? You know, it just seemed like something so far away and yeah. like me? Come on. So in, anyway, um, I made it to nationals <laughs> in 2023, 20, Cleveland, the National Senior Games, which is the largest sporting event in the world for people wow. who are 50 to 100 plus, And there are 20 to 30 different types of sports. It was the most incredible experience to see uh, people who are like 70, 80, 90 to 100 years old playing basketball and and, and, and just just various, various sports. And uh, yes, and I uh, came in ninth in the 100 meters and I was happy about that, like my first time out. You know, I didn't make it into the finals, but I uh, did wind up on a relay team, a four by 100 relay team. Uh, they needed a fourth. Joe, I had absolutely, I, I absolutely did not know what to do, but I volunteered because I can run fast in a straight line. And uh, I, I, I signed up, arrived 15 minutes before. I didn't know what to do. And, and the other three ladies were like world-class athletes. <laughs> and they said, what? What leg do you want to run? And right. I said, leg? <laughs> and, and I said, I've never done this before, but I can run fast in a straight line. Ah. And they were like shocked. You know? And so one lady, she was really nice to me. She was a, a track coach out of Georgia. She said, follow me. And in 12 minutes, in 12 minutes, she showed me what I had to do in 12 minutes. How to, to pass the baton. Yeah. Yeah, but Joe, you just can't pass that baton anywhere. Right. And, right. You, and you have to be close to the line and you got to hold yep. it in this hand because you yep. got to pass it to, to this hand. And, and so, okay, 12 minutes flew by, flew by, and it's time to start. And I'm the first leg, and I was going to be handing off to the woman who taught me. She was the second leg. Joe, the first leg is a curve. I don't run curves. I'm right. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to run in a curve and not step on the line and get everybody disqualified. But anyway, I did it. I did it. And we came in third. We came wow. in third. And what was so remarkable was that um, the first place team had broken a world record. Wow. So here we are, you know, we're getting the medals because of course the bronze people get their medal first and the silver and then the um gold first place team yeah the gold people step up one of the ladies looked at me and then she you know got everybody in the huddle and she said she starts chanting good job madonna good job madonna good job Uh. And, and i'm like what you know it's sinking in that oh goodness Somebody must have told the other teams that there's this woman who has never done this before, and we've got to, in 12 minutes or less, we've got to show her what to do. So oh, I, nice. 
I figured that must have got around Joe. And then everybody in the stadium starts chanting. What? Good job, Madonna. And my husband is stunned, and there's a man next to him jabbing him <laughs> in his wrist. Say, good job, Madonna. And my husband's like, what? <laughs> but isn't, isn't that absolutely incredible? That was wonderful. That, that was the uh, uh, 2013. And then uh, 2014, I was racing again, ruptured my Achilles, severely mm. ruptured my Achilles. I was racing. I heard this loud sound i thought it was the starter pistol going off again but it was my achilles rupturing and um yeah that was fun uh i had had surgery and of course the surgeon said at your age and because mm. of injury you won't be sprinting again but as we know i am <laughs> i am still sprinting and uh, in 2017 got back in the game one gold again and that was also my husband's first bout with cancer mm -hmm. and then in 2018 he began the year with another bout of cancer and then by november of 2018 that was his third and last battle with cancer and uh we were getting ready to go to um the national senior games in albuquerque new mexico in 2019 which he knew he wasn't going to be able to make that. And he said, as you said at the, in the introduction, um, he wanted me to keep racing and wear red, white, and blue. And that's exactly what I did. And along the way, I needed a new coach just to kind of mm. tweak me and help me so that I could, you know, do the best that I could participating in the games, you know, to complete what my husband and I had uh, started. My coach is now an Olympic hopeful. Wow. <laughs> a millennial. Joe, when I retired from teaching, I was a millennial. millennial. Now I've got a millennial <laughs> coach. And uh, Marcus Chambers became my coach in uh, February of 2019. So we're going on four years together. And it was just going to be a one and done kind of thing. But I will say to uh, you and your listeners, my husband, Coach Hannah, set the foundation, a really good foundation, which, uh, you know, we're able to pass the baton to Coach Chambers, who is step by step by step building on that foundation that my husband started. Uh, with my husband, I won 13 state medals and one bronze, the national bronze, uh, the short time with Marcus, who was teaching me mechanics. You know, there is no old school stuff with uh, backpacks and bricks. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, it, it's all these reps. I thought I was like... What have I gotten myself into? And so far, <clears throat> with Marcus, I have uh, I've I've won um, six state medals, one national silver, and a seventh place uh, final ribbon. And my times, okay, I competed 
last year in the uh, uh, 2022 National Senior Games in Fort Lauderdale in May. And uh, my times were so fast, faster than when I had ruptured my Achilles. So if you can imagine me getting older and faster, and it is uh, Marcus's expertise because he is a professional mm. and my desire, my desire to want to excel so, uh, you know, I would like to say to your listeners that absolutely anything is possible. You are never, ever, ever too old to try, to at least try something new. I had no idea that at my age <laughs> or this time in my life that I would, um, for my age group, be ranked in you know the top 10 or top seven in the nation <laughs> in wow. in in sprinting yes yes and i am still learning and i'm going to get faster and my coach and i have goals and this is like i said this is not something that i plan to do in my old age <laughs> I, Absolutely incredible, inspiring. So on the podcast, Madonna, we talk about discipline. You know, I, I, I gained, I was up to 340 pounds. I started my business in 93. I wasn't paying attention. I was working too hard. All of a sudden, I found myself at that weight. The doctor said to me, you're not going to see your daughter graduate. You're pre-hypertensive. You're pre-diabetic. You've got to do something about it. So I you know, I turn everything around and within a year and a half, I lost 130 pounds. People always ask me, how did I do it? Uh -huh. And like, there's some secret. And I said, just discipline, right? I got focused and I got discipline and that's it. That's how I did it. I wonder how discipline plays a role in your life. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your weight loss and your discipline to do it and the tack that the doctor took. You are not mm. going to be able to, okay? be there to play a significant role in the life, you know, of your uh, children. Uh, I think that I have, even as a child, always been just naturally disciplined. Hmm. I am a person who is naturally persistent. And I know how to persevere because when you're bullied all that time and you're the only one who looks at you, there is perseverance in getting up and going to school every day and knowing that, oh, you know, God, mm. why did you make me this color? Why do mm. I have to be this way? There's persistence in that and then persistence. There is that discipline because I didn't skip school. Mm. I, I, persevered all all the way through and when you have that kind of discipline and you carry it into post-secondary school and you carry it into an industry the fashion industry where you've got to be disciplined you 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 have to um you you, you have to perform you've, you've you've got to get the job done you've got to meet the goal um Everyone has 
the ability to be disciplined, but it's do you call on your self-discipline? Do you say no to that extra slice of pizza or cheesecake? <laughs> it, you know, because you're talking about your weight gain. You had to discipline your mind. You had to know what your intentions are. I've always known what my intentions were. I mm. wanted to work in retail in the fashion industry from the time I was a child. I didn't know it. Um, when I taught, my intention was to give back to the industry, to, to, to give them back people who would be prepared day one. That's my intention. Now, my intention is to pursue <laughs> this new vocation of mine um, to see how far how far can I go with with my new coach. He is making me more competitive mm. at the national level. Okay, because there's so many people out there who've been doing this for forever. Some of them are past Olympians and and, and, and stuff, and they travel wow. around the world and they do this. And and he's making me more com competitive. So I need to be disciplined at what I do so that I can achieve, so that I can do the very best that I can with what I have. It's fascinating to me. What a, an angle that you take with discipline. You're, one of the first uh, adjectives you used was uh, persevere. Yes. You have to persevere and you have to be persistent. Mm. Uh, you have to be diligent, dedicated, determined and you need to have the drive and the desire you had that and that's One why you lost the weight hmm. you know maybe you weren't thinking about well i have this desire and i've got the drive. but 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 it was in there because you met the goal you knew what your intentions were you knew what you were moving forward toward you knew your purpose you knew your destiny and you knew what the consequences you knew what to see that the big thing with you is you knew what the consequences mm. were if you didn't make the change. And that was totally up to you. And you were determined to do it. Right? You were determined because you lost that Absolutely. weight. To this day, uh, there are times where I feel there's a 340-pound person inside of me still trying to get out. You know, so you have to quell that. You know, and, and I, I get pushback sometimes when I ask people about discipline. By the way, I don't claim to be the king of discipline, by the way. There's plenty of areas that I lack. You know, I'm, I, I, just, I, I don't claim to be, you know, the king of it. But uh, people push back a lot of times. They say, well, you don't need discipline. You need compassion and you need love and you need empathy, to which I completely agree. There's no wrong answer here. And might I add, perhaps there's just a little self-discipline that's needed to maintain compassion and yes. empathy. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, uh, definitely. Um, the pushback about having compassion for yourself to lose weight or having compassion that and empathy that if you don't 
get yourself right, then you're not going to be there for the people who mm. need you? Is, is that mm. where your pushback was, was coming from? No, people say I focus too much sometimes on discipline. It should be more about compassion and oh. more about empathy. Oh. oh, okay. Okay. Well, I know that in my case, I have... I've, I've had to learn about compassion and empathy because <clears throat> when you're a child who is picked on constantly mm. like I was from, from kindergarten to uh, the 12th grade, and there were black kids that picked on me too because they would call me an Oreo, black on the outside, white on the inside. Oh, you think you're white because of how I speak and my demeanor. And I, and I would say to God, I can't catch a break. Mm. You know, the black kids are saying that, Oh, you think you're white. And the white kids are telling me, uh, you're black. <laughs> and we don't like you because of that. You know, um, I could have become extremely bitter mm. and cynical and I think there were moments when I did lack compassion and empathy. There, I, I did go through that because of what I was going through. Like, how can I show empathy and compassion when I'm be, you know, when a teacher is looking at me and saying, those girls never said that. Mm. You know, they wouldn't do that. Yes, they did. And it's like, oh, fine. You know, okay. If that's how it's going to be, then I'm not going to care. You know, I'm just going to do what I want to do. But I learned that, no, that's not the way to go. But I had to face that. I remember uh, a sales lady, a sales lady saying to me, you are the most cynical young person I have ever met hmm. and that and that still sticks with me and and I had to think about that and yes that cyn I was cynical because of my background of, of being bullied all the time um, you know when you're bullied you're always looking at people like is this person going to say something to you know what I mean? It's like, is this person getting what? Do they mean what they say? Because mm. sometimes, you know, you've seen the mean girl thing like, oh, you're our friend now. Oh, come sit with us. And then the next two days, oh, okay, I've got friends. They want me to sit with them at lunch. And then you get to the point where that seat's taken. You can't sit there. Oh, you've got your lunch tray. And oh, and then I'm at the table by myself because I've been that kid at the lunch table by myself you know and then you see that no nobody is sitting with them and then it's like they set me up you know you can feel bitter about that you mm. can feel cynical about that mm. but I made the choice to get over it and to not be that way and to develop compassion for others and to develop empathy and to turn situations around so that I could feel the compassion and empathy. And I was able to impart that in the classroom toward my students. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. That, um, 
Yeah, it was it it was a journey. Hmm. It was definitely a journey. Madonna Hanna, what motivates you? I am motivated by the fact that I am lucky to be alive. Mm. I am fortunate enough that I have been given so many opportunities and each day I look forward to living my best life, helping other people to live their best lives because um, um, after reading a uh, Victor Frankl's book, The Meaning of Life, uh, he was a Holocaust survivor. One of his students said that the meaning of life is to help other people find the meaning of their life. And I also know that all the talents and skills that we have are not for us. They're for us to share with other mm. people to help them along the way. So each day that motivates me. What can I do to <laughs> inspire people to find their purpose and their destiny in life? How can I help my millennial coach <laughs> to become the kind of coach that he needs to be? How, what, what can I do to, um, well, well, even, 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 uh, before coming on the show, you know, I was thinking there is somebody out there that needs to hear what I have to say so that they can be inspired, motivated, and maybe even, um, they'll be empowered to say, yes, I can do this. And by doing this, I can help somebody else too. I can inspire someone mm. else too. There's something that I can do that can inspire, motivate, and empower somebody else. So that's, that's what motivates me, knowing that today I'm going to inspire, motivate, or empower somebody in some sort of way. How, how absolutely wonderful. And how do you measure success? Sometimes, <clears throat> well, you know what? Success comes in many ways. It's not like just one big thing. Um, it's a spectrum. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, yesterday I'm coming out of Costco. I'm in the parking lot. I've got my car. And I see this little Asian lady, and I don't know. I just look at her and I said, Come on, girl, let's race. <laughs> Come on. And she looked at me, she smiled, and she said, I would, but my back hurts. And I was hoping Aww. somebody would help me. And I said, Well, I'll help you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll help you. Um, I lifted the water, you know, <laughs> the thing of water. I don't okay. know, 24 packets, because I lift weights now, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it's part of my workout. And I lifted it up and I put it in her trunk. And she tried to help me. I said, don't help me. I'm helping, I'm helping you because you have a bad back. And I just, you know, lifted everything out of her car. Wow. 
and put it in her trunk. And to me, that was success because I was able, I connected with this woman. I don't even know. I don't know. It just came to me to say, let's race, you know. <laughs> and she smiled, and, but, but she let me know that she needed help. Girl, I need somebody to help me. My back hurts. <laughs> and so that success, because I helped her with something that she needed assistance mm. with. So that's successful because she was going to have to struggle. <laughs> like I'm shopping by myself and I'm out here with this water. And so, so that's success as well as me being able to uh, make it into the national finals for the first time and, and uh, posting a new personal best time, even though, you know, I've had a ruptured Achilles. So there's success with that too. And, and, and even the success that my um, students have had in, in their careers. So there's all different increments of success. And I think sometimes people think they have to do something big, you know, to be successful. Well, I haven't done anything major or big. Did you raise five or six kids and they're all out of the house and they have their own jobs? Okay. So maybe mm. four out of five of them have their jobs. That's still a good record. Okay. Just look, look at those, look, look, look at those little things and stop looking at other people and saying, I want to do something big. I want to win the Super Bowl nine times like Brady or whatever, like Tom Terrific. You know, like, ah, that was that was for him, but you've done things too. You've done things. Yeah. Big things, small things. Your Costco story reminds me of the, uh, I'm not sure if it's a fable or a story where there's a, a big storm and, uh, you know, thousands of starfish get thrown up on the beach and they're, they're getting dried out and the yeah. young person mm -hmm. comes in and he's throwing one in at a time and an mm -hmm. elderly person says, you're never going to get all these thousands of starfish in and he picks one up and throws it in and said, well, I just made a difference with that one. Yes, exactly. And that is success. Yes. That is that is success. You know, you it's it's it, it seems insignificant and small, but it has made a difference to that starfish. It made a difference to that little lady. You know, because that you know when she pulled out the park, pulled out of her space, she's looking back in the and she's waving oh. and giving me a big smile. And now when she goes home or meets her friends or whatever, she's got a good Costco story to tell. This 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 tall black lady came over and helped me. <laughs> she asked me if I wanted to race, and then here she is lifting, <laughs> lifting, you know, 24 bottles of water into my trunk. Yeah. Oh, Madonna, your your energy is contagious and it's bright and it's uh, so welcoming and inspiring. Thank you so much for your time today. An absolute delight. I loved. I was so excited when you accepted this. I love learning about you and I I, I love talking to you. Uh, I'm in the Northwest occasionally. Uh, perhaps we can have a cup of coffee face to face. Sure. I think would be wonderful. How sure. can we get in touch with you? Anybody who's listening. Anybody who's listening can get in touch with me. My Instagram account is Madonna Fit, Fast, and Fabulous, and my email and my email address is Mad Fashion Two Thousand One 
at yahoo.com. Yes, keep following me on Instagram because I'm getting ready for the 2023 National Senior Games in Pittsburgh. Oh, good yes. good luck. And, and www.dropkickthedrama? Uh, yes, that is my website, dropkickthedrama. Yes, dot com. Yes. Thank you for Very- reminding me of my own website. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll make so <laughs> we'll make sure to put it all in the show notes. But Donna, thank you so much for your time, and you be well. Yes, you too. Stay fit, Joe. Stay yes, fit. yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pin's Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode. Our website www.joeypins.com. There you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list. Please follow us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast information, the video version of our podcast is on YouTube. Please subscribe. Audio is on all major podcasting platforms. Please follow them. And if you like it, please consider giving five-star rating. Would really appreciate that. Would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site, consider $5, $10, or $20 a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. There's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? $25, $50, $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000. You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Penn's Discipline Conversations.